at your service. It's the Home Improvement Show, presented by Mosby Building Arts. To ask a question, call 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. Now, the host of the Home Improvement Show, Rich Horace, on 97.1 FM Talk. Welcome, everybody, to the KMOX Home Improvement Show. I'm your host, Rich Orris, and, you know, thanks for getting here, joining in, and, and getting in on the conversation today. I hope to have a really, really good show with everybody today. Uh, I did want to thank uh, Scott Mosby for filling in for me last week. Kind of a different conversation for me right now as far as... Uh, you know, Scott retires and, and literally third weekend, I need him to fill in for me. Um, but uh, no, had a had a good experience. Everything went well with my with my family, my daughter, my grandson. So I appreciate Scott uh, doing that and helping out last weekend. And so for today, um, for everybody, if you're kind of newer, first time listener, you know, right here, this is your go to source for, you know, all things related to your home enhancing your living spaces, helping you out with anything that you need. You can reach me today with your questions, 314-925-7900. Um, and, you know, I, I really, I, I do just love this platform. And again, I you know, I'm glad to be back at it where we can get some callers, get some questions, kind of learn, share, discover, you know, everything going on. We can talk about, you know, some latest trends, some different things happening. Um, you know, anything you need, though, from small scale updates to complete transformations, you know, my mission is to kind of try and help empower homeowners like you to really create what they need, keep their house up up to pace, maintained, and uh, really working for you. So, Anything you got going on, you know, I have some interesting topics I can share today, but I'd rather, you know, hear your thoughts, your questions, anything about your home. One more time, you can find me at 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. And, you know, so this past week, um, kind of running around, you know, I, I go around, I help people on a daily basis. I meet with them. I talk about their home, their issues, their projects, things they want to do, things they need to do, and really looking, you know, a lot of times deeper into, you know, what people might think about, you know, how to get something done, how to get through the work. But I do see, you know, a lot of, of clients that, you know, have done already kind of tried to do some designing, some architecture, maybe they have some plans, you know, they've gone through the this other process um, of how to to kind of gain the information that they need, you know, to to the project that they want. And, you know, my question for everybody is, and, and what, you know, I try and do a lot differently when I'm working at stuff like this is, you know, having a team to rely on, having a team you know, work through a design. So if you're after a room addition and just having, you know, one person show up and go, oh, you want 10 people to fit in it? Perfect. And and they just draw a room the way they think. You got one person focused on it and they're not necessarily, 
you know, focused on everything about that. They leave a lot of the stuff to the trades to figure out, you know, with access and, and, and different things like that. So you don't always end up with a complete, you know, thought through design, you know, all the way start to finish like you can get to with a team. And a lot of times, you know, you, you don't get a lot of options either. They may, you know, think of different ways to do it, but sometimes I think maybe they just kind of arbitrarily go with, well, this is what I think would be the best, or this would, you know, work out better if you did this, that, or the other, but without a lot of input from the client, then maybe, you know, they, they, they've overlooked things that if you were asked, or if you saw that option, you might really, you know, like it, you may enjoy it. You may be like, no, I would absolutely love to have things that way. So when someone's just trying to figure it out and do what they can and, and get something to you and they don't necessarily, you know, they come with an end product, but not necessarily thinking about the overall investment of that product, how you might like it or use it, or, you know, there might be a couple things. So having a team to kind of get you through that and help in that process, I think is a, is a huge advantage, you know, in the undertaking. And I just had a client I saw this past week that um, going through that process after like a year and a half um, of designers and, picking stuff out and architecture and all this stuff that they wind up with more of a project than they're deciding to do now, um, which, you know, with the right process and team might've been eliminated and, and figured out much, much earlier on and, and possibly, you know, much, much quicker, you know, per se too. So just think about, you know, who you get to, to help with those things and stuff like that. And, you know, do they have processes? Do they have a team? Is there more than one people working on it? Is there production to look over it as they design to really understand, you know, how to design the right build? There's a lot of advantages to all of that. So, hey, we've got uh, Jim on the line here. So let's get to Jim and see what we got going on. Jim, are you there? Can you hear me? Yeah. Hi, Rich. Yeah, thanks. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, we met you and Scott about 20 years ago when you redid our kitchen. Oh, and, okay. Uh, yeah, hello. That's awesome. <laughs> but we have a question now about the sunroom, which we put on 15 years ago. And the uh, electrically heated floor, the north half of it went out a couple of years ago. And the electrician said there's a broken wire under there somewhere. Now this winter, the southern half of the floor also went out, and he said, yeah, there must be another broken wire under the ceramic floor now. Uh-huh. So the question is, do we go after this piecemeal and try to find the individual breaks, break up the ceramic and concrete, or do we give up and, you know, tear out the whole floor and redo it? It's about a 20 by 30 foot room. Okay, 20 by 30 foot room. So things just keep breaking as they get older? Um, well, you know, I would say I, I have seen these floors do that and, and the lines, you know, go bad and break underneath the floor and, and they can, yes, you can kind of piecemeal it. Like you said, you can go through it and, you know, they have sensors and stuff where they can find the break, 
um, right. with, with some technology and pretty much know within a, you know, six inch, 12 inch area where that break is so they can, you know, break out one tile, dig in it, repair that break, get that system working again. Um, so I have seen that done and it is successful and, and your floor will work after that. Um, the question of, do you do that or do you just rip it out and start from new on something 15 years old? I would look more at, um, how long do you think you, you want this to last for you? Because if it broken 15 years and you do this and now you have to do it twice because you've got you know two different areas you know of the wires you know doing that so you have two repairs to do you know the, the worry is you do these two repairs it works perfectly fine for a year or two or three and then you're at it again right you know so do you want another 15 plus years out of it you know, if you're gonna, if you're committed and you're gonna stay and you're gonna be there a long time and you, and you don't want to look back at it, um, I would say it'd be a great thing to to start fresh. You know, take out that entire floor and uh -huh. and get everything new again. That way, you're you're back, you're refreshed, and you don't have to worry. Oh my gosh, is this gonna happen to me again? You know, right. a couple years from now, because. If you are committed to staying, you know, then the, the the possibilities are you repair it twice, get it working again. So, say two years it breaks and you go, oh, okay, well, let's repair it again. Well, now you got three repairs in. If it does it another year or two from then, you know, how many times are you repairing it? How much are you spending to well, get there, and then you end up replacing the whole thing five years from now, and you're like, wow, I wish I would have just done that five years ago. Mm -hmm. Well, hopefully at our age we're going to stay here another ten years. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's a difficult question to answer. The, do yeah. I call an electrician or a general contractor to tear out a floor and redo it? So the electrician will um, – will be the one that can have the equipment track down the break, figure out where it is and perform the repair. A lot of them can probably dig out the tile, um, and, and, and get it, you know, fixed, but then they'll kind of leave that repair of putting tile back, fixing the floor to a flooring person, you guys, whoever, you know, mm -hmm. to get that floor fixed back. So you really need kind of electrician and a flooring guy, or you need, you know, a company like Mosby that can basically come in, you know, have the electrician find it, tear it out, get it fixed. And then they have the, you know, we have the tile guys to put that right. all back together. So just different levels of service, yeah. you know, but I would say flooring guy and, you know, electrician. Right. Yeah. Or we just, coat and a sweater out in the sunroom yeah <laughs> yep that's the other answer yeah, okay. yeah we were worried about that that that's exactly what our problem is we have to sleep on it and make a decision there yep yep and it and it might be worth you know investigating it both ways find out what the floor costs with the heat all of that um and then kind of you know weigh that against that repair and just try and make a good educated decision on when you you know when you think and how long you think you'll be in the home and everything so exactly. all right all right great okay
Okay, great to hear you again. Yeah, hey, I appreciate it and, and appreciate you calling in, Jim. And for everybody else out there, you can get to us. Don't forget, we got plenty of show here, couple hours left. So feel free to uh, give us a call, 314-436-7900. We're going to get into our first break, and we'll be right back after these messages. Now, back to the Home Improvement Show, presented by Mosby Building Arts on KMOX. Once again, here's Rich Orris. All right, guys, we are back having a great time here. And, you know, I want to definitely remind everybody, you know, get in, join the club, get in on the fun. Anything you got, feel free to give us a call, 314-436-7900. And speaking of calls, we got... Paul on the line, I think he has a suggestion for the uh, flooring repair. Paul, are you there? Yes, sir, I am there. Hey. I was just thinking that, uh, you know, since the electrical connections are there for that flooring, probably easy to get to. The easy, the most reasonable solution would be to just in that room. What's that? Just put some baseboard heating in that room. Oh, just, you know? yeah, add a different source of heating. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that would be the most reasonable solution, and he would be able to – he wouldn't have to have another furnace. He would just have electric baseboards around the edge of the room, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that's definitely a uh, a different uh, approach to uh, heat that room up. Um, and there's different types of heaters, too, now, too. The, the You know, there's – there's some infrared ones and stuff that kind of hang from the ceiling and things like that that, you know, wouldn't even be kind of on your wall in your way or that sort of thing. And you can the nice you know, part aim about that baseboard. The nice part about that baseboard, if you have windows, you can put that baseboard heating like in, down underneath the windows. Yeah, and oh yeah. So you, it becomes very effective that way. Yeah. yeah. Yep. No, there's definitely. Definitely other sources to to think about. And, and yeah, so, so yeah, for Jim, that is something that, you know, looking at all your different, you know, options and stuff, maybe check into uh, something like that with the electrician to see, you know, what those cost differences are. And like I said, just try and take all avenues and make a good educated decision. It works for you. Yeah. Yeah, well, it would be very reasonable. He could probably do it for less than $500. You know? Yeah, yeah. All right. Hey, Paul, appreciate it. Thanks for the call. Um, awesome info there. I love the the community coming together, the whole KMOX team, you know, getting in. And so, yeah, we have a lot of people that listen to that are electricians and plumbers and things like that. So we get into a tricky off the wall situation. We've got, uh, you know, the whole university of KMOX, we, we say out there uh, looking to jump in and help us out. And I definitely appreciate that so but hey we got mildred on the line uh mildred are you there can you hear me yes i can i had a question pertaining to i need touch pointing on the outside uh uh-huh. the brick, uh you know on the a chimney wall okay but i also know that the um flute on the inside of the house for the uh, uh fireplace and i I don't know whether or not it the uh, portion of the flute that uh, take up the because the uh, um, because the uh, heating uh, element goes out the wall now it does not go back up the chimney okay 
but okay. the hot water still goes up the chimney. But I don't know which portion do, uh, does it go. Um, will a tuck pointer, do I need a tuck pointing first, or do I need to know uh, to get that inside uh, flute taken care of first? Okay, so so you you have a. It sounds like you have a cracked flue line, flue yeah, pipe uh, inside the chimney, yeah. and so your furnace doesn't go up that chimney anymore. It's a it's right. a high efficiency one that goes out out the side of the house. Right. So the only thing going up there is your hot water heater. Right. And, okay. And uh, and I, my question to you is first of all, uh, normally in a house that was built in nineteen thirty nine. Is the was the furnace and the hot water going up the same chimney uh, side of the chimney, and the fireplace on the other side of it, or how? Yes, you, yeah. Typically, yeah, they both went up the same spot. You know, um, when the house was built from that era, so yeah, they would both be going up through that same. You know, it's a it's a square uh, clay flue tile. So mm-hmm. so you definitely. I would definitely look at the flue tile repair first. Um, and there's a couple ways you could possibly look at that because if the only thing going outside um, is now the water heater, you have the ability to wear what, what might be the easiest thing to do is to put in what they call a flue liner. And it's basically a, a, a kind of a flexible you know, metal flue pipe that's smaller than the big clay, you know, masonry pipe you have. But the the heat that your water heater is putting out doesn't necessarily need a pipe so big. Uh, your furnace put out a lot more heat, a lot more BTUs, you know, running it, a lot more gases going out when it ran. So the bigger pipe was good for that but now so you may be able to not necessarily fix the cracked flue pipe but put in a flue liner that goes from the basement inside that pipe back out the top that'll take care of that crack separation Um, or they go in through the masonry they replace those pipes and then you do your your cap and your tuck point and all that you know, all together. So it really depends on how bad that flue pipe is and and how much of it's cracked. Um, but with the flue liner, you'll have the opportunity to size that flue pipe the correct size for just the water heater. So I would investigate that route, you know, well, with, I, with the I chimney. I did have a flue liner put in when I had the... Uh, uh, when I had the furnace put in, okay? Okay. Uh, but but prior to that, I had had an inspection of the fireplace, and and that's when I found out that there were cracks in there. But I forgot which side, uh, which where the uh, flue liner is on, and mm-hmm. which part it does not have because there's two uh, openings in the chimney at the top of the chimney. So one's for an actual wood burning fireplace. Yeah, and yeah. One which is for one yeah would be the, would. Uh, 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 fireplace and which one is is the actual um, hot water heater going up the one that 
the uh, uh, might have a flex or will a, a good um, Chuck Pointer know this or do I have to call back out a chimney repair person? How will I, how will, who should I call first? So I would go with, you know, so, so basically your, your water heater is going up through that pipe that, you know, the, the liner that they put in. So that is, that should be good. It okay. should be fine. Where they're, if they're looking inside your pipes and they're, and they're seeing, you know, inside your chimney and seeing these cracks in the liner from the actual fireplace, I would definitely 100% get that fixed and start with more of a brick mason. You know, tuck pointing brick masons kind of can, can cross over and sort of be the same, but you want, you know, someone that actually does that, you know, chimney work also the masonry work because they'll have to take out some of those bricks to replace that pipe but yeah from the fireplace definitely replace those crack pipes because that could be but, a, but a what huge if i problem. did not want and i know and and i and i'm gonna have the fireplace sealed up from the inside okay uh uh and to never be used again and 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 my family that will inherit the house knows this Okay. Uh, and and do not do the uh a flute uh repair. Uh and just do the tuck pointing on the outside. Yep, and they can close uh, off that flue at the top also. Huh? They can close off that flue pipe at the top also, so you close it from the inside of the house and at the at the top so that okay. you know keep the moisture out. So the tuck pointer would be able to do that. So yeah, if you block off that chimney, then yep, you're perfect to have your tuck pointer, tuck point everything, dry it in, and, and and close off that flue pipe, you know, at the top also, and then you'll be good. So, yeah, so I would words, start with I the tuck pointer. Don't worry about that flute, uh, a flute uh, uh, that, uh, to the fireplace or anything. Is there any other possibility that I'm not thinking or, or foreseeing as far as if I go that route? The, the only other possibility for that is you will still have that flue pipe inside of that chimney. Right. So your tuck pointing will help keep water out of the bricks and the mortar and getting into that chimney. But you'll have kind of a dead airspace inside there where those pipes are. So uh -huh. in the future, you may still get condensation forming inside mm. of those pipes and inside that chimney you know, during the the hottest part of the summer or the coldest part of the winter as you're heating up the inside and it's so cold outside. So to have minor leaks and, and minor water damage on the inside, you're reoccurring every two, three, four, five years, just know that that could be condensation and not necessarily I need more brick repair or more tuck pointing. It's just a natural occurrence of how that thing is built and made in the condition of a full masonry wall. That's really the, the only thing that could happen later that we see. We fixed a lot of leaks where, you know, it, it's, it's basically 95% gone, but every few years, they get water stains on the walls and kind of the top edge corner of the ceiling from condensation inside that full masonry surface. Mm. So, yep. So that could still happen. But well, yeah, well, so, hey, Mildred, I got to get to a break. Um, and uh, 
get uh, get get in the break and get back to the next segment after this. So if you have more questions, if you'd like to hang on the line, that would be great. I had one other question, so I'll hang on. Okay, perfect. We will get right back to you when we get back after this. The Voice of St. Louis, News Radio 1120, KMOX. All right, everybody, we are back. And hey, don't forget, we've got a lot of show left. And then we're going to have the hour next hour. We're going to have you know, the 97 one side joining in so we can get some calls and everything from that side, too. So don't forget, feel free, give us a call. All your questions, everything. We're having a great time here today 314-436-7900 and i'm going to get back to mildred and get this uh other question she had going on mildred are you still there can you still hear me yes i can and it's just a quick question so you can go on to others sure that you had told uh you had stated that if i close off the uh uh, the fireplace at the bottom and i close off at the top that there would be that gap, and because of the humidity and the changing in the weather in in uh, St. Louis, that there might be, you know, like you say, condensation. My question to you is, how will a homeowner know uh, um, about this condensation if uh, if it's the the drywall or anything else is not close to it? Uh, or the plaster is not close to that um, a walling. How will you know that it, uh, that condensation is building up uh, behind that uh, in that empty space? So um, you really th- there will be no way to tell. That's the hardest part with this, you know kind of scenario that happens in older homes that are full masonry, you know, from brick to plaster on the inside is the only way you'll you'll find out if that's happening is by you'll start to see, you know, like water stains, probably what's kind of making you look now going, yeah, I need some tuck pointing. I've got some water getting in. I'm getting, you know, paint bubbling, water stains you'll get that same thing happening again, but it'll be from the moisture of the condensation, not necessarily from a leak. The only difference is it's usually less. Uh, I'm not getting, I'm not seeing anything from the inside. The okay. only thing I see is the mortar, uh, you know, breaking away in between the bricks on the outside. That's why I knew that I needed tuck pointing on the outside. Yes, that's good. So you're so you've caught it early. You've done a great thing, um, and and because whenever that mortar's breaking, stuff like that, you're getting water, you're getting moisture in when it rains. All that stuff happens, so you're catching it early. So this is something that you may never even notice. You know, you may only get such little condensation that you never really end up with stains. You know, on the wall like a water stain or paint bubbling or something like that. Um, I've just seen a lot of them on these full masonry homes where, you know, we've, we fix the chimneys, we tuck point them, we seal the brick to try and keep the moisture out. We change flashing and we do all this work where, where people had a lot of, of staining and paint bubbling and, you know, problems with the wall above that, that fireplace. And what happens is, Two, three, four, five years later, they get 
more water stains, but it's about 10% of what they used to get because of all the leaking. And that's usually when it's condensation. But it is physically impossible to know if it's happening because you can't see inside that wall. It's just a condition that can happen. So may never happen to you. Thank you so very much. Oh, no. Input. Yeah, no, you're very welcome. And, And that, you know, for everybody out there is... Definitely a condition, you know, um, when you look at older homes, you look at full masonry walls, you look at, you know, how how that stuff works. And, and, you know, masonry conducts temperature really, really well. Uh, So when it is, you know, the frigid cold we've had the past couple weeks, you know, getting down below zero and stuff like that. If you've ever lived in an older home that's all masonry, all plaster, and, and what a lot of people find is like the coat closet, you know, up against the exterior wall or the closets in the bedroom, you know, they're, they're, if they're up against an exterior wall, they, they get a lot of moisture, you know, inside of these closets and a lot of staining on the walls. And the way they avoid that is to open up the door to the closet and let that breathe. So when you close off that chimney and you've got that void in there, or if you just have masonry that fell out and creates a void, you know, inside that full masonry system, you have a spot that could very easily, you know, condensate and and just get moisture in that room, just the humidity inside trying to heat everything. So, Opening them closet doors and stuff and letting the air circulate and breathe helps slow that process down, change that process, and keep some of those stains from from happening and everything. So, hey, we got to get into our final break of this hour. So, Melanie, if you can hang on the line, we'll get to you as soon as we return right after these messages. It's the Home Improvement Show presented by Mosby Building Arts on KMOX. Now, once again, Rich Oris. All right, everybody, welcome back to the KMOX Home Improvement Show. I am your host, Rich Oris, having just a grand old time here today. And uh, anything you got going on, don't forget, feel free to give us a call, 314-436-7900. And speaking of calls, we've got Melanie on the line has a, a shout-out for us, I think. Melanie, what do you got going on? Hey, how's it going? Um, so I had Justin come out to give me a bid on something else. And while he was here, I showed him an attic fan that was here in 89 when we moved here. And we haven't used it for years because of my allergies. But I'm like, it looks like it's dropping. It's cracking the drywall on the ceiling up there. So Justin grabbed a ladder, went up in the attic, and went around, took pictures and everything. And he's like, the truss has been cut. When the people put this in, they cut oh. the truss. And that's why it's falling. And it will come through. So he um, connected with John, and John came out and got a team together. And so then I had Ralph, and I believe the other guy was Cody. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so they came out, and it was seamless. Ralph was awesome. He did the majority of the job. Um, He was here two days, got everything out, rebuilt everything. You know, the attic thing was gone, got new drywall, new paint up there, and it was secured, whatever he did up in the attic. And... um, and they are so clean. <laughs> it was like I was <laughs> expecting a mess, and I also was expecting trouble because typically anytime anything's done around here, there's trouble. But um, everything was seamless, and these guys were awesome, and I am so super happy 
No, hey, I appreciate the call. That is totally awesome. What a great shout out. And yeah, I uh I, I know everyone you're talking about. And yeah, Justin, I've worked with for well over twenty years. We've both been here over twenty two years. Uh, yeah, and you know, Mosby, he didn't so. say, Well, I came out to look at this, we'll have to come out another day. He just hopped right on to that, you know, yep. that day when I was like, Can you So now I like want you guys I just need to have a ton of money because now I just want you guys to redo my whole house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that is great. I, I appreciate it and definitely and, a happy camper here. Yeah, and, and we, we we definitely strive, you know, to to be clean and do everything. And you know what a lot of people, you know, with the point we try and get across too is that um we don't just do big remodels and stuff like that. Of course, you know, you go to our website and you're going to see these grand kitchens and bathrooms and right. you know, we're showcasing all this work. Um, and it's kind of hard to show like a, a truss repair on the, on the website, you know, <laughs> as far yeah. as, but, but we can do, you know, anything like that with having our own employees and being able to get through it and big, small, medium, in between, large, we do absolutely yeah. everything. And a lot of people, you know, they, they just don't know that when they're just kind of mulling around the Internet and looking at things. And you Well, know, I had a, um, an issue with an atrium door that um, I had hired somebody's friend, and it didn't work out. So that was what I called Justin out here to do. And so that's like the next project, but the attic van took priority. Um, because it would finally fall through that ceiling. And um, so then it's like, okay, well, now maybe I want my kitchen redone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nope, we would love to. Then Justin will yeah. absolutely take care of you and get everybody out there and everything and get it done. So, hey, Melanie, I appreciate the call. Okay, we have a great day. Wonderful conversation. You have a great day, too. And All right, God bless. Yep, you too. And so we got John online. Let's jump in and see... Uh, See what John's got going on. Can you hear me, John? Thanks for calling. Hi, Hi, I can. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I have a situation where the house was uh, destroyed by a tornado about 13 years ago. And when they rebuilt the house, they popped out one side of the house wall by about three feet. And when they built the new structure on top of that concrete wall popped out by three feet they forgot to insulate it oh wow yeah yeah so what i have is cold air uh, screaming in uh, behind the siding and cooling down the basement to about 45 maybe 40 to 45 degrees on a cold day Uh, i cannot reach that area because the wall the old wall is still there in the basement and prevents me from accessing that wall three feet away. Uh, if you were to repair this, how would you repair it? And what would you material would you use to repair it? Okay. So, so let me, let me ask you a quick question. So did they pour a, a foundation wall three feet from the other foundation wall? They did. Ah, and the existing foundation wall is still there. Uh, unfortunately, the new foundation wall is inaccessible to me because the basement is um, fixed up, so to speak. Yeah. The wall in that area is not a, uh, oh, what do they call that, a, a fake ceiling or something? Uh, yeah, remo- like a drop ceiling. 
it does not have a drop ceiling. It's a real live ceiling. Okay, so it's drywall and it's finished in your basement. That is correct. So I cannot access it. Uh, uh, The upstairs bathroom, which is directly above this new popped-out area, is uh, very cold tiles. Uh, If you measure the temperature of the tiles, it would be about 40 to 45 degrees on a day when it's 20 degrees outside and windy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so unfortunately the only way the only way to get in there is going to be through that drywall like the ceiling of the basement to get up into the floor joists and and I would basically look at um like a a spray foam, you know, insulation cuz they can kind of use a wand where they can reach back that three feet and they can spray foam those band boards, but you're going to need to cut out like a two foot strip of drywall, you know, for them across that whole ceiling for them to get access between the floor joists. And then they can get in there and, and, and spray along, you know, that band board between all those floor joists. Okay. uh, Foam insulation. On the outside of the house is siding, and I can have that siding removed. Uh, uh, is is there something that they spray on a, a house before they put siding over it to to prevent this gap? Uh, uh, you know, is there something I could remove that one or two layers of siding? You know, m- remove yeah. the siding so I can get up one foot and and expose this air gap. And then fill it with, I don't know. Do they tape over it or? Well, the the problem is they would fill it with like a a, a, a blown in insulation, and, and the only way to fill that's going to be trying to fill that entire cavity because it'll all fall down to the floor, you know, okay. in the in the depth of that foundation. So you'll be filling up, you know, a a really big area if you're trying to do it from the outside. So that way, if you go from the inside and they can spray foam that sticks to the wood and the band board and the top of the foundation and and all of that, they can insulate it well and it'll air seal it also. And that'll be your best. It's kind of like a perimeter, you know, foam insulation, but you're going to have to get to it, you know, through the inside somehow. Okay. Not going to be too much of a way. So, hey, I appreciate the call. We got to get into our last hour break. You are very, very welcome. And for everybody else, feel free to give us a call in the next hour. 314-436-7900. We got the 97.1 side joining us. So you guys can, you know, we can get some calls from them and everything else. So, or you could do 800-925-1120. We'll be right back. 